Look at sticky enough. Five, four, three, two, one. Four. Is my hair messed up? <laughs> mine is. I feel like mine's messed up. Mine sure is. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing? It's a great day. It is. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Oh, I've never heard you sing. Yeah, you have. Not like that. So, how you guys doing? Would you be mine? Would you be mine? We um, we had somebody do a wave by. It's a like, drive by. It's not a drive by. Drive by is a, and then they shoot you. But he did a drive by saying waving. Oh, he did a wave by. Okay. So we had a uh, somebody from the church. He was working and happened to be passing by, and he goes, "Hey, you guys home?" Um, yeah, we're in lockdown. <laughs> and he goes, I'm going to do a wave by. So we sat outside on our little pet and our little porch. I didn't put my hands like that. I did. Oh. <laughs> and um, he drove by. And, oh, you know what? You should send it to me and I'm going to show it to them on this. Oh, yeah. It's really cool. Right there. Staying safe? Huh? Staying safe? Yeah, going to have to know. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for the drive by. No problem. We love you. These are the drive-bys I like. <laughs> These are the good drive-bys. Okay, so we're back. And uh, so we had to run an errand in Modesto. So we're like, we need to do some wave-bys to some of the church people. Mm-hmm. So um, we did a wave-by to Sister Tina. Little Tina, we call her. To... Um, um, Jennifer. Well, her, we actually seen her and we talked to her for a moment. Yeah, but too, still, yeah. still, I waved at her. <laughs> yeah, because we were yeah, far away. Jennifer and um, Eric, her son. We were hoping to see her neighbor, Lorena, but and she then wasn't the other there. Lorena too. And then we were going to go do the other Lorena, and she was with her mom. Yeah. And then we saw Brother Johnny, the one that gave the teaching, the God is Love teaching. Mm-hmm. We saw him and did a wave by. And, um, you know, more than way we exchanged a couple words, but um, so it was, it was nice. nice. It was really nice to see our family. Yeah, I wish, I wish I could just go and and the whole congregation. And I just... know you guys better be careful because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we may just go and start going by all your houses. Yeah. I know where you guys live, but um, and then uh, you know, other than that, pretty much came home. We picked up some water, much needed water right now, and uh, batteries for the heater. The heater thermostat <laughs> heater yeah. stopped working, and batteries died on the thermostat. So and just staying productive throughout the day, spending some time together, um, you know, and just trying to figure out what projects we got to do and stuff. Not just here, but at the church right now. That um, mm-hmm. The things that there's time to be able to do some things, and we're gonna sit down and brainstorm. Yeah, we want to get the front. The lobby is um, the coffee. The, the cafe area. Yeah. We're like, might as well get it done, you know. And uh, Tomas has said he could help, brother Tomas. Yeah. He's the one that I did the spread with. I put that on YouTube, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, so yeah. I think so. That, and he's also the one that helped us with some of the construction yeah. while we were getting. Well, he the put the walls up. Going. Yeah, he put the walls up for those rooms and stuff. But we're we're just absolutely blessed, mm-hmm. and um, you know, we want to kind of just 
kind of shy away a little bit about what everybody's talking about because it's getting really, really like, you know, it can become overwhelming for some people. And I think that we have so much of the word, so much richness here that we, we should actually yeah keep sharing. Yeah. So um, let's see. When did, what else? Is that it or just get right to the scripture? Let's get right to the scripture. We are going to the OT, Old Testament. And we're going to read out of Hosea. Mm-hmm. Anytime anybody talks about Hosea, it's about his marriage and stuff. And we ain't even going to touch that subject today. It has nothing to do with it. It's actually, uh, we wanted to go more into um, a prophetic word from God that he told Hosea mm-hmm. for the people of Israel. Uh, because what was happening in, in Israel at that time, actually... Um, I wanted to see something real quick. Yeah, it was in... We're going to read out of 14, but I'm going to Hosea 1.1 just to kind of set the stage. And Hosea, during the time of his his writing, it says this. It says, The word of the Lord came to Hosea, the son of Beeri, in the days of Uzziah. So we know who was king. We know it was King Uzziah, uh, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. And in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. The reason it says that because Israel had split into two, into, the, into Judah and Israel. So by reading the first verse of Hosea, it lets us know at what timeline he was living and what was mm-hmm. happening at the time. Uh, so then we are in, um, were you going to read it? The, you, you, did you go to the first no, one? No, it's okay. okay. It says the same thing pretty much. Yeah. So 13, uh, 4? Yeah, we're going to go to chapter 13. Verse 4 and 5 and 6. Okay. So this is a word from God to to Israel. And it was a time when Israel was in disobedience. The nation as itself was crumbling away from God, getting away from God. And God gave a prophetic word to Hosea for the nation of Israel. Okay. So it says this in verse 4, 5, and 6, chapter 13. It says, yet I am the Lord your God ever since the land of Egypt, and you shall know no God but me, for there is no Savior beside me. I knew you in the wilderness, in the land of great drought. When they had pasture, they were filled. They were filled and their heart was exalted. Therefore, they forgot me. My turn? Yeah. Okay, so in the message, it says, I'm still your God, the God who saved you out of Egypt. I'm the only real God you've ever known. I'm the only, I'm the one and only God who delivers. I took care of you during the wilderness, hard times, those years when you had nothing. I took care of you, took care of all of your needs, gave you everything you needed. You were spoiled. You thought you didn't need me. You forgot me. Yeah. You know, it's like God was reminding them. He says, how, how does it start, say it in yours, in the very first one? Um, I'm still your God, the God who saved you out of Egypt. I'm the... Yeah, no, no, that was it. Okay. He's reminding the nation of Israel, saying, I'm still the God. I'm still the one that saved you. And even though he didn't save us from Egypt, he saved you from sin. And I think a lot of times when we serve God for a long time, 
We need that reminding from him. Yeah. Where he's like, regardless of what you're going through, regardless of what tribulation or trauma or, or horrible thing you're going through, it's like God is speaking to us saying, I'm still the God that saved you. Yeah. I'm yeah. still the one that died on the cross. I'm still the one that gave you salvation. That's still me. Well, I believe that sometimes when we're just too far ahead of ourselves and, you know, God will be like, hold on before you ruin yourself. Let me let me chip away at a little bit this that you have too much of mm-hmm. so that I can bring you back to that humbleness and bring you back to these basics because he knows the hearts and he knows that you know we can become sometimes a little too accustomed to things yeah. and those things can ruin us and he's actually sparing us from from a lot of that yeah it's just it's he's just reminding them mm-hmm. he's like guys we all need a reminder he's like what are you doing i'm still the one that saves yeah you know because right into the next verse or the next the next half of that verse verse 4 he says and you shall know no God but me, for there is no Savior besides me. And it's like, even Paul reminded people, he's like, the same God that saved you, why have you gone astray? Why are you following something else? Like, And then, and then it goes to say as well, you know, go back to your first love. Yeah, perfect example. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that happens to everybody. Absolutely. You know, it happens to the best of us, is that we get so involved with life, or we get so... It's easy to derail humans. You guys know that? Yeah. You know how I know that it's easy to derail humans? Why do you think uh, uh, um, marketing is such a huge market? Why do you think they spend billions or millions of dollars on commercials, magazine ads, billboards, pop-up ads um, on your Facebook, whatever? You know why? Because we're so easily derailed. Mm-hmm. It happens. I saw this commercial of a burger... And then I didn't think about it. All of a sudden, we we're driving one time, and I wanted that burger because I saw the the, the Carl's Jr. with that big fat cheese in it. Oh. And the commercial popped in my head, and I pulled in and I bought one. So it's like they that was money well paid for for that ad because how many other people did that, you know? So we're easily derailed. So and God knows that He's our Creator, so He's reminding us, saying. I'm still the God that saved you. Don't serve anybody else. And, you know, when people say, well, we don't serve false gods anymore. Yeah, you do. Because anything you put ahead of God is your God. Yeah. You don't need a statue to be a worshiper of something other than God. Whatever it is you run to before God, like if you need counsel and you seek this out instead of God, then that's because, because now you're expecting to get counsel from that. You're expecting to get uh, therapy from that. You're expecting to get healing from that. So some people ask me, is it bad for a Christian to do this or this or this? And I'm like, you have put that in front of God. Like instead of God healing you, instead of God giving you comfort, instead of God, you run to that. So what do you think my answer is going to be? He says, there is no savior besides me and you shall have no God but me. And that could even be, for us that are Christians, that could even be our church building, our denomination. Yeah. We can put that ahead of God. You know, and, and it's like God is God. Yeah. And he's the one that we run to. He's the one that counsels us. He's the one that blesses us. He's the one that heals us. You know, you know, for so long, um, 
I remember, you know, that I had become so busy in ministry. I was that person that if you came to me, it was always hard for me to say no. You know, um, Sharon, can you do this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I just kept myself so busy, so busy, so busy. But And I've said this before that, you know, I began to do things out of obligation instead of doing it for the love of God, you know, because I just could no longer say no to people. And in turn, I realized that it was almost like you were you become this people pleaser, you know, instead of really truly, truly doing it for the love of God. And because I was so afraid to say no anymore, that I kind of shied away yeah. from so many things. I immediately, slowly started to notice myself um, not going to events, not going to the church, not going to certain things because I didn't know how to say no. See, but here's the thing is that as that began to happen, I was hungry for more and I started to seek God more and just like, God, Lord, I don't know what to do. And, and his simple thing that he would tell me was come back to me, come back to your first love. You know, don't mm -hmm. worry about all that busyness and all that big stuff. I don't need all of that from you. I just want you. I just want you to come back to me the way yeah. you did the first day that you ever came to know me. And that, that's when I finally understood what coming back to my first love was. That moment of when I finally knew who Jesus was. Oh my God, it was such an immense love for him. It was an intimate love for him. It was all I wanted was just him, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I felt like I had been clouded by all these other things that I began to prioritize. And even though in my heart I thought, you know, that I was showing my love, I thought that I was doing all, like, all of that. But in, in turn, I was really just pleasing more people yeah. than just staying in love with him. That's good. Yeah. You know, this, this next part, I'm not sure how it says it in there, but it says, I knew you, verse 5, I knew you in the wilderness, in the land of great drought, when they had pasture, they were filled. They were filled and their heart was exalted. Therefore, they forgot me. What's five and six say on that? Again, read it again. It says, I took care of you during the wilderness hard times. Those years when you had nothing. I took care of you. I took care of all your needs. Gave you everything you needed. You were spoiled. You thought you didn't need me. You forgot me. Yeah. And that's the hard thing, you know. Um, it's like during the hardest times, we cry out to God. And then when everything goes good, he's like, what am I, chopped liver? Like, have you forgot about me? Yeah. You know, and, and that's like, that's why, and again, it's another tendency that we humans do. Yeah. You know, because I've always been like, and I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I've always been like, God, I don't want anything unless you give it to me. I don't want anything. I just want what you give to me so that way I will always know. But even then, it's so easy. You know, it, it's so easy to get derailed yeah. or, or you take things for granted. Absolutely. You know, and he's just like, you forgot me. And that, you know, reading that verse right here, it says, therefore they forgot me. That, that's really hurtful, you know, because like, I'm, I'm just going to be real with you guys. Like, I'm having a hard time with my kids growing up because I remember when they were little, they needed me for everything. They didn't eat unless I bought them food. 
They didn't have clothes unless I bought them clothes. They didn't know how to turn the TV on unless I turned the TV on. If they wanted a toy, they had to beg me for a toy. And and then, like, uh, me skipping so many years from prison, uh, um, it's it was hard for me to... It's like it's like I lost all that, and I don't know how to you know it's just it's just odd when my kids they're getting older they have their jobs they don't need me. And then and then you, you know? know what you know what's weird is that you feel that and then I I've been all my life around my kids you know I raised my kids I was a single mom for so long and I raised them and everything and I didn't realize you were really feeling like that because I feel like that too. Now that my kids are older, and I'm just, I'm just kind of like, man, I've been there all your lives, mm -hmm. you know, and they don't need me like that anymore. And I, yeah. and I kind of feel like a little bit of the rejection, you know, I do. Yeah. I feel that rejection because I just kind of feel like, man, I, I've been there my whole life since I was 14. I've been a mom my whole life, pretty much since I was a young girl. And so now to see them really um, moving on and not needing. I kind of feel a little certain way. Yeah, too it's like sometimes. they'll call you when they have time, <laughs> you know. And it's like I remember my mom saying when I was little—not little—I was a teenager before I had kids, and she said, um, "You will never love me the way I love you." I'm like, "No, that doesn't make no sense, mom. I love you. You're my mom." And she was, "No," she was, "You don't get it. You won't understand until you have kids and they grow up." Oh she was, "Your kids." She, she said, your kids will never, ever love you the way the parent loves the child. And I get it. Now I get it. I get it, too. You know yeah. what's so funny? Huh. Like, remember yesterday I did my first video call with my mom? Yeah. Oh, my God, you guys. My mom was like a little girl. Like like a little girl so excited. I didn't even know my mom knew how to use the video call. And I decided to call her. And she just kept blowing kisses into the phone and telling me, mi niña, mi niña, you know, and, you know, and just saying such beautiful things that I used to hear when I was a little girl because she was just so happy to see my face. Yeah. You know, and she's like, I know how to use it. I know how to use it. Can you call me more? And it just, it broke my heart because, man, I, I that's what I love for my kids when I'm ever I'm able to yeah. get it, you know? So I understand what your mom was saying to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, but just you know, this this is a beautiful, beautiful passage of it God, is. and it's, I don't, I don't, you know, God was rebuking them. Yeah, He was. Um, you can't sugarcoat it, but He was rebuking out of love. Yeah, He's like, guys, I'm the one that saved you out of Egypt. I'm the one that split the Red Sea. I'm the one that sent manna down so you wouldn't starve. And when you wanted meat, I'm the one that sent the quails. I'm the one that sent water out of the rock to sustain you. I'm the one that put a pillar of cloud to, to cover you, to give you shade. I'm the one that sent the pillar of fire to give you warmth in the middle of the desert at night. I'm the one that gave you the promised land. And he's like, and it's like, now that you've blessed, now that I've given you the nations, now that I've given you everything you have. You forget about me. You forgot me. You know, it's the same thing when, when the Israelites were, you know, on their journey and the manna came from, from heaven. Um, I think that shows a really good example that he will give you what you need. And when we become 
too uh, gluttonous of stuff, when we want more and we hoard more and we take more, he's like, I told you that I'd give you what you need Mm -hmm. and what you take more of, I will turn it into something that you're not going to be happy with, obviously. He can take it away that easy. Yeah. You know, because he they were murmuring so much and complaining already so much. Can you imagine giving them more than what they truly needed? And it says, I love the way it says it here about you were spoiled. Mm-hmm. You know, you were spoiled. You thought you didn't need me. You forgot me. And it's the same thing yeah. there. It's like. If he would have overspoiled them, if he would have, then they've always, their, their expectations and they'd always want more and more and more and never appreciate and be happy with what was given to them. Yeah. And I think that's what happens with us too, you know? Yeah, yeah, it does. So there's a fine balance because it's like um, raising kids, you don't, if you, you want to give them everything, but yet if you give them everything, they're spoiled, mm-hmm. but you don't want them to struggle. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's it's an interesting balance. It is, but, but there's things that you can teach in between. Yeah. And the only way you can teach something, if it's learned, we have to know, we have to have learned it, we have to have experienced it. That's where wisdom comes in. Mm-hmm. And we impart that wisdom into our children. We impart that wisdom into the people that we love. Um, because I think it's so important. If we remain humble, if we remain that example, then they're going to pick up on the exact same things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that in a weird way, like we as a nation, as America, (laughs) if you're watching this from the United States, we have been a blessed nation. Yeah, we have. We have been blessed with so much, you know, and, and it's like the founders of this nation cried out to God. The founders of this nation served the Lord, you know, and in their own way, were they the perfect Christians? No. I mean, who is, you know, but it's like they they wanted to come to America to be able to worship freely. That's why they came, yeah. you know, and it's like, and it's a trip how as a nation, as, as a generation, as, as we have been so blessed, you know, I didn't realize until... I've always realized it, actually, but there's some things like, for instance, when Pastor Moses came from Uganda and he stayed in our home, what, three or four days? Four days. Yeah. And um, and I said, hey, I need to run some errands. You know, he's like, sure. You know, and he enjoyed it. And we went, we went, I had to get some things. And then I stopped at a pet store and uh, oh, you kicked it. It caused an earthquake. Sorry, guys. He um, stopped at, at Carter's. And he goes, uh, I said, yeah, you want to come in here? He goes, oh, what is this? I said, oh, it's a pet store. I got to buy some food for my fish. And he goes, you buy food for your fish? I said, yeah, I got to feed them. He goes, they have stores here in America for food for your animals? (laughs) Yeah. And he walked in there and could not believe the rows of cat food, dog food, reptile food, turtle food, fish food. And then they had cookies for dogs they look like like a you know you've been Little in there pastries, yeah. yeah they look like fancy donuts right <laughs> and he, he just laughed he goes you americans yeah he goes you americans have it so good he goes if a store if this store opened in uganda it wouldn't make money he goes people buy food for their families not for their animals 
You know, and he didn't say it in a way like he was putting us down. He was just surprised at it because he didn't, they don't have that. Either. Yeah, he would just, wow, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we took him to the mall, remember? And because and, um, he, he wanted to buy some clothes because, you know, America has nice clothes. And he, he always likes to get a couple shirts to take back to Uganda, you know. And, and we were just kind of looking at stuff. And it was just a whole different outlook you know and, and and life and it made me realize how blessed america truly is and, and things we, that we truly are you know i think uh pastor thomas you know you guys should watch his sermons you know that he puts out on facebook but he was just speaking the other day and really pleading for the congregation to to uh stay home and to follow you know the instructions that were given you know in other countries they don't have the medical devices. They don't have the insurance. They don't have the luxuries because they really, truly, for I'm sure they probably see them as luxuries to us because we're so blessed to have uh, a medical, a health system, and we have so many things in order. See over there, they they don't. Yeah. You know, they they don't have all of that. So. For them to have that easy access, you know, and all of that. And, and it makes you really stop and think and realize, man, we're a blessed nation. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we're just overly mm-hmm. spoiled. Yeah. Well, we really tr- remember we took him, Pastor, not Thomas, Moses, we took him to uh, Walgreens. I believe it was Walgreens. It's yeah, just a few, few blocks away. And again, he could not believe the road, the choices for cold medicine, yeah. the choices for the flu, the choices for allergies, stomach pain. I mean, he says over there, he was, if people get sick, he was number one, they don't have money or doctors. He was, and if they do have a doctor, they don't have the money for the medicine. Yeah. He goes, you are so blessed, you know? And it's like, so... It's a whole different way of living. But anyways, back to what the scripture was saying. He's telling the nation of Israel, you have been so spoiled that you have forgot about me. And sometimes I feel like maybe America has become so spoiled that sometimes we got to be in a position to humble ourselves because we forgot about God. I heard somebody say today um, that... You're like way in the end of the screen. Sorry. I had heard somebody say today that... You know, they had already started taking God out of schools. They want to take pull God out of so many things in this world, you know, in this in United States, even um, legal wise, you know, and everything. And they're all like now at a moment where we wanted to pull so many things out. Here we are now finding ourselves together as a nation, mm-hmm. praying to that one God that we wanted to take out so badly. Yeah. You know. And it's so true. But the thing is, the true reality is that God can never be taken out of anything. Never. He can't be taken out of out of our hearts. I mean, you mm-hmm. can try to take him out of everything written-wise or whatever, but he can't be taken out of here. Yeah. You know, when we have him in here, it's, he's going to come through here all the time. Yeah. Like if you, if you completely took all the water out of a human, you'd end up with a piece of beef jerky. If you took all the, have you ever seen a dehydrator when you put fruit in it? Yeah, I like it. It, it becomes nothing. It becomes real small. That big I piece of fruit, so I know. That big piece of fruit becomes nothing. Mm-hmm. That is what happens when you take God out of a nation, when you take God out of a school, when you take a, forget the nation school, when you take God out of your home. Yeah. 
it becomes something that is dry and it cracks, you know, but God is the nourisher. He is the water. He, he, he is everything that gives life. He says, I am the life and the resurrection, Amen. you know, um, and uh, we just got to remember that, that regardless of what the world does, regardless of what the nation does, we need to put God in our homes. Mm-hmm. We need to put God in our hearts. We need to put God in our everyday lives. You can't expect the nation, your state, your governor, whatever, to do that. If you're relying on them to bring God in your home, you, brother, sister, you got it all wrong. Yeah. You know, repentance is based on you. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. That's what Joshua said. Yes. He didn't say everybody. He says, you know what, you guys... Pick and choose what you want to do. You can do what you want. You can serve false gods. You can do this. He goes, but I'm telling you right now, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Yes. You know, and and God, that's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, is that something that you can, like, really, as you're watching this, you know, proclaim that. Say it. Say it out loud. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, as yeah. for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see your kids, tell them, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Yeah. Whoever's in your home, say it to them. Yeah. My mom used to tell me that yeah. all the time. You know, I'd be in gangs. I'd be in dealing drugs. I'd be whatever. She's like, yeah, whatever. You're going to serve God. <laughs> you know, and I'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and my mom would be like, I gave you to God a long time ago. Because my mom surrendered to Christ when I was uh, five. And she goes, yeah, at that time, I gave him up to you. I gave you up to him. I said, yeah, this is, David's yours. Mm-hmm. You do what you need to do with him. And she held on to that. Even in my rebellion, rebelliousness or whatever, it didn't matter. I mean, I'm sure she got afraid at times. I'm sure she had fear. Of course. But she trusted in God more than her fears. Amen. That's what it came down Amen. to. And she used to tell me, she's like, you're going to serve God. You can't run away from it, David. And I'm like, <laughs> I used to get so frustrated, but she's like, you, you can't run because I already gave you. He promised me. He Amen. promised me. Amen. You know, she goes, so either you're going to come on your own or you're going to come crawling. But one way or another, you're going to come to him. And you came all right. Yeah. And here I am. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, you know, there's nothing wrong in saying as for me and my house, you know, and, and even the scripture, the when the um, disciples and Jesus sent them in twos. He says, go and preach the gospel. If somebody uh, allows you in their house, bless that house. Amen. He goes, but if somebody doesn't, he goes, even kick the dust from their house off your feet and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. You know, but for those that did accept them, you know, he was like, stay there, eat there. And, and he goes, bring your peace into that home. Amen. You Amen. know, so I don't know. It's a beautiful scripture, beautiful passage, guys. We just wanted to share something, something beautiful, encouraging. All the word of God is beautiful and encouraging. Yes, absolutely. You know, and um, we just wanted to to share that with you guys. And uh, we just want to thank you again. God bless you. We pray that this blesses you and, and, and stirs something in your, in your spirit. And if there's somebody near you, you know, that, you know, you know, hasn't seen a face or something, do a wave by. Yeah. You know, you know what was really cool. My sister shared um, that video, and they're they're like a small community in Southern California, and it was just amazing what and sister? awesome. My little sister Cynthia. Oh. Um, so she shared 
a video and there was like a whole roll of cars and they all had like poster signs on their cars and everything. And it was the principal and all the staff and the teachers from that, from the local schools yeah. coming together and doing a drive parade, saying hi to all the students. And the students all stood in front of the house with their parents and stuff. How did they synchronize isn't, that? Isn't that, isn't that amazing, though? Yeah. I mean, for them to be able to put this all together. And my little sister was recording, and she goes, oh, my God, there's principal. And the, the kids were so happy saying hi to their teachers from uh -huh. afar. And I think it made my sister cry, though. Yeah. It, because... You know, for somebody to take the time to do that, like we've seen a hospital the other day that was filled with cars. The whole parking lot. The whole parking lot was filled with cars and people singing worship and praying. Waymaker. Yeah, Waymaker and praying over all the... the can you imagine... The what hospital? Those, can you? Yeah, over the whole hospital. Can you imagine how those doctors and those nurses must have felt at that moment? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Even just the little wave by that we got today from from you know our brother from you know from church you know, for him to even just think of us and to send us a message and be like, hey, I'm gonna pass by your house and I just want to wave hi wave to you by. guys. I want to give you guys a wave. That felt so good. Yeah. So we were like, man, if that felt us made us feel so good, you know, then we need to do it with someone else too. And mm. I loved it because, you know, I received the, the message from Jennifer and she's like, I felt like a little girl. I just felt like I wanted to talk so fast to get everything out at once, um, to yeah. just share so much with you guys. And I wish we could just sit down and have coffee. I wish and we will I, again. And, and yes, I wish we could at this moment, but right now we can't. So we do whatever we can to bring joy to somebody in the easiest way. So go do a wave by to somebody. Do a wave by. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Even if you got to do this, like. What's that parade style? Yeah, that's <laughs> the. It's the when when what do you call those? Uh, when they're in the in the cars, the girls, the the ones that do the contest. Oh yeah, I don't know. Beauty pageant. Oh yeah. Beauty pageant style. All right, guys. All right, guys. We love you guys. See you guys later mañana. God bless. Bye. Bye.